All right, good stuff. Reckless, how are we doing tonight? Everybody good? Hope you guys had a great fall break. And uh, let's go ahead and dive right in right now. All right, so we're starting a new series. And as we begin this series, I want to take you back to a critical time in the history of America. All right, it's, it's, uh, it's history lesson time. All right, you ready for this? So I'm going to give you a date. The date is October the 30th, 1938. All right, now as crazy as it sounds, it was on this date in America that aliens invaded our nation. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. But this is actually what happened on this date. So the first wave started in like the New Jersey area in a field outside, right outside of Manhattan. There was a Princeton professor who was in the observatory there at the university. And a couple earlier in the day, he had seen kind of like a, a spark or something that had happened around the planet Mars. And shortly thereafter, all of a sudden he saw this, this fiery blaze fall from the sky and explode in a field nearby. And so when he arrived into the field, he came upon this large metal cylinder that as he got closer, all of a sudden there were some odd scraping noises that were coming from inside this cylinder. And so over the next few minutes, as reporters, as first responders arrived on the scene, suddenly the cylinder opened up and aliens began to attack. And they destroyed everything in that field and then as people started turning into the radio reports, they learned that the National Guard had been called in. And then sirens began ringing, uh, ringing out to warn people to evacuate the nearby New York City. Then all of a sudden, later on came word that aliens had begun attacking other cities in America like Chicago and St. Louis. And then soon after that, the President of the United States came on the radio air to warn all Americans that the country was under attack. Now, as good as this story is, shocker, it's not true. All right, newsflash, you didn't know, aliens never really invaded America. But, if people, but the people that listened on the radio that night in 1938 didn't know that that wasn't actually true. See, they didn't know that an actor and director named Orson Welles had made up the whole thing as a fun way to attract an audience to his radio program. Many of the listeners who had tuned in missed the very beginning of this when he told the listeners that this was just a story and not real life. And so even though aliens never actually invaded America that night, what took place after the show finished actually did happen. So here's some things that really did happen. Mass pandemonium broke out all across the country. People in large cities fled in terror. Many people took refuge in churches. There were pregnant women that went into labor early. People actually committed suicide. There was looting and vandalism that broke out in many city streets all across the nation. Men got their guns out, ready to attack any aliens that showed up. There was one woman who ran into a church meeting outside Indianapolis and screamed, New York has been destroyed. I believe that the end of the world has come. You might as well go home and die. So people all over the country believed that life as they knew it was over. Now you're like, why are you telling us this story of aliens? See, this story illustrates the damage and the destruction 
that can happen when people form beliefs and make decisions based on lies. And here's how this impacts you tonight. Here's where you come in. You are being lied to. You are being lied to. Now, I don't think anyone's lying to you about an alien invasion, all right? But I would argue that the lies that are being told to you every single day are way worse and potentially more destructive to your life than that. And so what we're going to do over the next seven weeks in this series called Stop the Cap is we're going to talk about some of the biggest lies that are being told to you and how you can choose to fight back with the truth. So let's just talk about lies for just a minute. All right, lies have a, a really significant impact on our lives, right? Man, how many of you guys have ever been lied to, right? Every hand goes up. We've all been lied to, and we know how it feels to be lied to, especially when we find out that those are lies and how humiliating it can be, how frustrating it can be. And it causes us not only to believe that things aren't true or th that things are true that actually aren't true, but it also causes us to question whether everybody else around us is lying to us, whether they have good intentions for us or not. And so the truth is, our, kind of our starting point for this series is for us to understand that all of us are being lied to. And so the question then is, well, who's lying to us? Who is it that's lying to us? Well, it's not Orson Welles, but there is someone who is lying to us. And there's a lot of different names that we can, that we can use for, for this individual, but it, he's sometime, sometimes referred to as the God of this world, sometimes referred as Satan or the devil. But do you know one of the the key phrases or one of the nicknames that he has for himself, or not even that he has, but a nickname that the Bible gives him. He's known as the father of lies. He's known as the father of lies. So here's what Jesus himself says about this enemy that we have, Satan, the devil, the father of lies. He says in John 8, verse 44, he, talking about Satan, was a murderer from the beginning. He's always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Here's what 1 Peter 5, 8, 9 says. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil, for he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. So this enemy, I know this all, all of a sudden for some of us feels very superstitious and weird and like you're talking about this God of this world, this enemy, there's somebody out to get me. But this enemy that lies to us is not some fictional Darth Vader-like villain. All right, when we say Satan or the enemy, that's not what we're referring to. He is a real source of evil. He is the most influential creature on earth. And so whether it comes, whether involves global things like systemic racism or world wars to even individual things like self-destructive behavior or things like hatred or lust or whatever the case may be. The enemy and his lies are behind all of it. And what he has done is he is really good at convincing you and me of things about ourselves, things about the world, things about God that actually are the exact opposite of the truth. Now, you may hear that and you're like, stop the gap, Todd. 
That's not even true. And I'll, and I'll prove it to you. All right, so here's, here's an example. How many of you guys have ever like had the idea or the mindset like, man, it's, followers of Jesus have less freedom than people who choose not to follow Jesus and can do whatever they want, right? Now, show of hands, like how many of you guys have ever had that belief or thought that that was true, right? Another way to say it is like non-Christians have more freedom to do whatever they want than Christians do. How many of you guys would say, I've, I've thought that to be true or believe that in my life? So this is a really easy thing to believe, right? It's a real, on the surface of it, like as you see the world and what exists and you think, man, Christians in this room, like there's things we can't do and stuff like, it feels very restrictive. But man, I look at my friends and they're able to do whatever they want. They've got all the freedom and their parents don't really care what they do. And like they can just live their life as best as they choose. They've got all of this freedom. But see, there's the lie. And how destructive is that lie? Here's what that belief causes us to think. We start seeing the world around us as the best place or source to find happiness and freedom. Right? So we look around at how the world is living and we believe because of what we see that those things will give us purpose and fulfillment. And then we look at God and we think, well, God's mean or God's trying to hold out on us or God's, God's keeping what's best for, for us from us. And see, that's ultimately, if you, if you go all the way back to the beginning and the first lie that Satan told that we know about, like that's what, that's what the enemy convinced Adam and Eve of in the garden. That God telling them not to eat from the tree in the garden was actually his attempt to restrict their fun and freedom, not protect them from destruction. And so he was like, man, did God really say that? No, 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 no. Like, here's, what, here's why God said that. What God's doing is he's trying to hold out on you. He's not trying to protect you. He's trying to keep you from what's best for you. And what did Adam and Eve do? They bought into it. They bought the lie. And so do us every single day. It's why he's so successful at what he does because he convinces us of, of things that are not true, but they sound so good on the surface. It's why Paul says this in Romans chapter one. He says, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of the eternal praise, amen. In other words, they were willing to say, hey, the truth about God, like I'm, I'm willing to trade the truth of who God is and I'll take a lie because the lie feels a whole lot better to me. And so rather than worshiping the creator, I'll just worship the created things. I'll seek power and pleasure and all of these other things that I feel like are gonna benefit me. And so they traded the truth of God for something much less than that. So here's the truth. To go back to that original statement, God actually created us with purpose and significance to know him and to be loved by him. So God has created each and every one of us with a need that only he can fill, right? It's part of our wiring. It's part of our DNA as human beings that we were created with this void that we try to fill, but ultimately only Jesus can fulfill that need. He's the only one that can fill that void. And so when we choose to walk with Jesus, we live out our purpose and we experience as a result of that hope and freedom and life. 
But when we choose to run away from him and to do the things that we feel like are going to satisfy us, which is what Adam and Eve chose to do, it actually enslaves us to those things and brings death and destruction. And that's what Adam and Eve experienced in the garden. And so what's crazy about this lie is that the, the freedom that we think is out there for us really is restrictive and it actually enslaves us. And the things that we feel like on the surface actually enslave us are really the things that set us free. And that's the power of that lie. So for example, you think about you know, somebody that, that seeks pleasure in drugs and alcohol. And then you look at the amount of people in our nation who are, a, who are drug addicts. And, and they will tell you they feel the furthest thing from free. They have been held in bondage and captivity to this thing that they've now become addicted to and they can't get out of it. Or you look at those who, you know, seek after sexual promiscuity, like I can do whatever I want and my body's my choice. I, like I can live how I want and with whoever I want to. And then all of a sudden you look and like we may be m more sexually addicted than any other time, maybe even in human history. So these things that we feel like freedom that are going to give us actually hold us in bondage and in captivity to them. And we see this every single day in our culture. So we have probably more things at our fingertips ever than ever before that promise us happiness. And yet our culture is more depressed and anxious and suicidal than maybe ever before. And when you peel the layers back and you look at it, man, God or, or Satan is a really good liar. He's convinced us of things that are the opposite of what's best for us. So then Jesus comes along and in John chapter eight, he starts telling about what he can offer us. In verse 12, it says, Jesus spoke to the crowd of people once more and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. That doesn't sound restrictive. That doesn't sound like he's trying to hold out on us. It sounds like he's trying to lead us out of something that's for our good. As you skip down in, later on in John chapter 8, starting verse 32, it says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the people who he's talking to are like, but we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son, talking about himself, if I have set you free, then you are truly free. So when you go back to that original lie that seems on the surface like, yeah, I've, I've believed that before. I've thought that, that to be true. And yet when you start to understand it, the reality is, is that Jesus has come to bring us life and freedom from sin, not restrict our freedom. It's Jesus who has come to lead us out of the things that enslave us. And it was actually his death and his resurrection that made that possible and give us victory over Satan and his lies. I love what, what Colossians 2 says. Here's what the Apostle Paul says in verse 13. He says, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. 
Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us, and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. In other words, here's what, here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Like, Jesus has come to bring you out of slavery. He's come to lead you out of the sin that has caused death. He's come to make you alive. And not only that, when he hung on that cross and through his death and ultimately his resurrection, you know what he did to all those accusations and all those lies that Satan throws at you? He actually held them up in mockery of those things. He actually shamed them and proved that they were powerless in our lives and over us because of his victory that he won for us. And so he looks at us and says, look, I've, I've come to lead you out of slavery, out of sin, out of those things that cause death and destruction. I've come to give you life. I've come to give you freedom. And when we take him up on that, like all those lies that the enemy tells us about ourselves, that we're not good enough, that we're not worthy enough, that no one could ever love us, like all those things that he's just got us in bondage to and he's just created this web of lies around our life and we just feel so entrapped because we've believed them for so long. And Jesus is going, look, I've, I've, freedom is, is yours. And if you will follow me, I will lead you out of those lies. And I've proved it by what I've done to those lies and, and to Satan himself through my death and resurrection. I've offered you life. I've offered you hope. I've offered you freedom and victory over those things that the enemy wants to present to you as truth that in reality are far from it. So see, we look on the surface and go, man, there's, there's power in these lies that we believe every single day. And yet the only way to combat it is with the truth. So there's our main point for, for tonight. The devil, our enemy, the, the father of lies, tries to take our minds and hearts captive with his lies. And the only way to fight back is with the truth. If you guys love a read that will rock your face, all right, and that's a good thing, I think, rock your face. Um, Live No Lies is a, a book by uh, John Mark Comer. Incredible book, um, wrote a book on, um, um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on what he wrote a book about. It was, it was good too, um, about Sabbath rest and, and that kind of thing. And, and so he wrote this book called Live No Lies and he talks about all of the things that the culture has done and, and ultimately who's behind those things of what Satan has convinced our culture of that are far from it. And here's, here's a great quote that he says when it comes to truth and lies. He says, when we believe truth, that is ideas that correspond to reality. All right, there's ideas that we have. And we're like, yeah, this is true. But then there's reality. When we believe the truth, which is ideas that correspond to reality, we show up to reality in such a way that we flourish and thrive. But when we believe lies, in other words, ideas that are not congruent with the reality of God's wise and loving design, and then we tragically open our bodies to those lies and let them into our muscle memories, we allow an ideological cancer to infect our souls. We live at odds with reality 
And as a result, we struggle to thrive. Now, as, as he goes into it and, and what the book talks about, like there is reality, right? And no matter what we want to believe that's different from reality or what we may feel or what we may think and just go, well, no, I'm going to, like, this is what I'm just going to believe. There is reality. And we would be ignorant to think that we can live in such a way that will run against the grain of what reality actually is. And then to get to the end of that and be surprised with how the world works and how the world operates and then go, wait, how did I get here? And so he's saying like, if, if you live according to the truth, in other words, if you formulate in your mind ideas that actually coexist with reality, it's not just like your own ideas or you're just kind of randomly thinking of stuff, but stuff that actually fits in with what the reality is, then as human beings, that's where you thrive. That's where you flourish. But if we believe in those lies and the culture is full of this, where we just, we set truth in our own mind and reality and ideas based on what we think it should be. And then all of a sudden we're like heartbroken because we're like, why isn't this working out the way that I thought it was? And like, we're in a cultural moment right now where that's what our culture tries to do. Man, so you can change whatever the belief system is about gender, about like whatever the case may be. And it doesn't really matter what, you know, biology says or, or whatever, like it's all about your feelings. It's all about what you desire and what you want. And he's going, look, the reality of that is far different, the result than what we think it's going to be. And so I think for us, here's, here's what I would say as, as we finish tonight. You can't stop, you can't keep from being lied to. All right, you can't stop being lied to. It's going to happen every single day. But what you can do is you can stop believing the lies. You can stop believing the lies that are being told. And you can replace those lies that are being told to you with the truth. With what God says, with who God is, with who you are, with who God's calling you to be the truth of those things, you can replace those lies that the enemy is presenting to you with the truth. And so over the next six or seven weeks, like that's what we're going to talk about. That's what this series is all about. For us to dive into specific things, like there is no hope. All those things that you saw in, in the video that we just showed a minute ago. Find my own truth. Like all of these ideas and, and thoughts that we say, man, on the surface, like it feels so true. And yet when you start peeling it back, we realize, man, there's some destructive lies that we buy into that are destroying our heart and our soul and ultimately God's best for us. And so for us, it's a matter of us stopping the cap and begin to live as people of truth who experience what Jesus has ultimately come to bring us. And that's life. Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the reality of your truth and what you have come to do. That you've come to bring life. God, I know that there are, God, all of us in the room, we are susceptible to the lies from the enemy every single day. Those whispers in our ear about who we are or about what, how the world around us works or what's gonna satisfy us or what's gonna bring happiness or, or lies about your nature and your concern or care for us or who you're calling us to be. 
And God, the enemy has done such a good job of convincing us to stay away from you when in reality we were, we were created to know you and to walk with you. And so God, I pray that you would tear down these lies that have been built up around us. I pray, God, that you would bring hope and life to our hearts and souls. I pray, God, that we would no longer believe the lies and the destruction that they cause, but God, that you would give us a clear picture of what the truth is and that we would live in that. And as a result of that, that we would flourish. God, we believe that you have what's best for us. And so show us your truth over the next seven weeks, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.